So Jesus, Peter, James, and John have been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. We read that back in, uh, at Epiphany. And so now we skip over that and we come to where they're coming down. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And when they came to the disciples, they, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams, and he grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from one and only true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So the disciples were unable to cast out the demon. Maybe if we don't study Scripture, it doesn't seem that odd. I mean, they're the disciples. They're like you and I. They're not, they're not Jesus, except that if you remember, Jesus had sent them out with that power and authority to cast out demons previously in the Gospels. And so when this man brought this child to them with this demon inside of him that had been trying to destroy this child, they probably thought, hey, we've done this before. They, they had confidence. And so they tried to cast it out, but they couldn't. In the meantime, Jesus is up on top of Mount Transfiguration. They don't know why the nine disciples left down here. They don't know why Jesus is up there with those other three disciples. They have no idea what's going on. But now they're with an issue that they can't handle. Despite the fact that they had handled things like this in the past, that Jesus had given them authority, and well, now what do we do? And so, Jesus now comes down the mountain, and the crowd was amazed. It's like that point in the movie when everything turns. Like, here comes the hero at just the last second, right? Just when he, all hope seemed lost. And that's kind of the way this father felt. 
I've brought my boy to the only one I thought could heal him. I'm sure in the past this father has gone to doctors or pre- and priests and whatever he could do. He's saying that this boy has been thrown into water and fire. He's got to be on constant watch with this child. There's no way this is the first thing he's attempted. But now he hears that Jesus is healing people, that Jesus is casting out demons, and he hears that Jesus is coming near. Now here's his opportunity. And so he comes and... Jesus isn't there. And so he takes him to the disciples, and the disciples, they can't do it. There are enemies in this world that you and I simply cannot overcome. There are enemies that we are just too weak to handle. Am I saying the disciples were weak? No. But James talks about an enemy that we can't even control, an enemy that we have full control, so to say, so to speak. Exactly, right? An enemy that speaks cursings and lies and deceit and sets a a blaze and tears people down. It blesses the Lord and curses His creation. (laughs) Enemies we can't control. We often think of enemies as out there not just outside the walls of a church building, but I mean like outside of us. And here James tells us about the tongue that we cannot control, an enemy. If we can't even control our tongue, what hope do we have against Satan, against demons, against a world that seeks to destroy us, against a world that seeks to pull us away? We're like the disciples that go, what, why couldn't we do this? Well, Does Jesus point to them and say, ah, you just didn't have enough faith? He talks about you faithless generation. So is that all it's about? They needed more faith, the disciples who had seen Jesus in the flesh, the disciples who had cast out demons on their own? That's why they ask him later. They're like, what in the world, Jesus? Why couldn't we cast that one out? Jesus says, this one can only be cast out by prayer. Only God has the strength. And it's always God that does the mighty works. And I think that's what the disciples forgot. They started thinking they could do all this stuff. They forgot who gave them the authority and the power. They weren't asking God to cast out this demon. They were commanding it to go out. And Jesus says, he points them back to the Father and says, only by prayer, only by talking to God, only by asking God to do it. Only he has the strength. See, it's not dependent upon our faith. It's dependent upon God's will. Every time Jesus performs a miracle, it's to increase, strengthen, to build faith that God gives. Notice in the the other Gospels, there's the account of Jesus healing the blind man. The blind man doesn't even know who Jesus is, but Jesus heals him. Did this blind man have faith in Jesus? He didn't even know who he was. These miraculous works of God are not dependent upon our faith, but on God's will. And that's key for us to understand because we pray for things. Oh, how we pray for things. And then when it doesn't happen the way we want it to, we start to think, maybe I just don't have enough faith. And that's when we can cry out just like the father of the boy. I do believe. Help my unbelief. Strengthen my faith, Lord. Not so that I can do it, but perform this that I might believe more in you, more firmly in you to bolden us. And to, it's, you know, Jesus said, God the Father says, a bruised reed he will not break. I do believe. Help my unbelief. 
It's weak. I'm struggling. Help me. He's not going to put out a smoldering wick. He's not going to quench it. He's going to enlighten, enliven it more, bolden it, create in it more. So the father comes with this child. This father is the bruised reed. He's hurt. He's broken. He doesn't understand. Jesus performs a miracle to strengthen his faith as he cries out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Strengthen my faith, Lord. And so may that always be our prayer. There's so many things in this world that we feel we got to handle ourselves, and it creates anxiety or fear or distrust. And then it seems when all hope is lost, then we come to God. Let's pray just like that father did. I do believe. Help my unbelief. Strengthen my faith in you. We can't even overcome our own tongues. What hope do we have in this world apart from Jesus? Jesus, who in the, uh, in the Old Testament lesson of Isaiah, I'm getting to that, notice how he uses the tongue. This is talking about Jesus. It's a servant song in Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain, how to not break that bruised reed, but how to strengthen it. How does he do it? With a word. He does it with a word, his word, God's word. So as you gather and you hear his word, he strengthens your faith. He sustains you who are weary. That is the role of Jesus. As you read through this, it's Jesus whom this prophet Isaiah is talking about. And finally, we get to this part. He says, therefore, I've set my face like a flint. Flint is very hard rock. He's coming down the Mount of Transfiguration. That's why we have this reading today. He comes down the Mount of Transfiguration, and from this point forward in the Gospels, he's going directly to Jerusalem. He's been on the height of the mountain. He now comes down into the valley, but he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. He's not going to be dissuaded. He's not going to be moved to leave. It doesn't matter what people say. Well, they're seeking you to destroy you, to kill you. He came to go to the cross in Jerusalem. So he comes down from the mount, and he sets his face like flint. He's going. Nothing's going to stop him. Whether they pull out the beard, whip his back, put a crown of thorns on him, mock him, try to shame him, nothing's going to stop him because he knows the enemy that we can't overcome, not just our tongue, but our sin. The enemy we can't overcome, he had to come to do it for us. And so may we always look to God. May we always look to Jesus and give thanks and cry out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Amen.